Two friends taking pictures of the rising full moon on a summer night. Two teenage kids doing what teenage kids do. When a stranger with a gun and a death wish changed everything. It was violent, it was senseless, and I will never understand it, I will never accept it. I'm Amy Donaldson, and unfortunately, we're all too familiar with stories about how violence shatters lives. But what we rarely see is how they are rebuilt. In a new podcast, The Letter, we relive tragedy, but only so we can hear the rest of the story. The struggle to reclaim lives, the realities of grief, and the possibilities of forgiveness. I believe in miracles. Sometimes I thought, there are no miracles. Yeah, there are, and this is a big one. Follow The Letter at theletterpodcast.com or wherever you get your podcasts. Inside Sources. Welcome back, everyone. Final segment of Inside Sources here on a Monday. I am Boyd Matheson, opinion editor of the Deseret News. Great to be with you today. And, of course, uh, all eyes are shifting towards the national presidential race. Uh, the Democrats will really kick off the fall campaign season as they launch their Democratic National Convention uh, tonight. It will be virtual, of course, because of the pandemic. And uh, as most of you know, uh, I, I love a good speech. Uh, I love a great political speech. And you know what? I, I think my uh, if you had to tally up what I think are the, the greatest political speeches of all times, uh, I think my scorecard would probably be about 50-50 between Democrats and Republicans who have delivered. There's some really surprising uh, speeches that were just extraordinary by both Democrats and Republicans. Uh, speeches can uh, mark a moment, uh, but in most conventions, most conventions, uh, the speeches and the speakers uh, are forgotten long, long before the balloon drops. And this year, of course, there will not be a balloon drop. These are going to be tough speeches to deliver. Uh, no audience, no reaction, no energy. Uh, and I think that's going to force many of these, and I actually hope it forces many of these, Democrats and Republicans next week. Remember, the Republicans kick off next Monday. And I hope it forces them to rethink what it is they're trying to say in these convention speeches. Because so often they're just these red meat, very predictable, you know, one-liners, applause lines, cheers, jeers, and boos for the opposition. And I, I really hope this is an opportunity to change the game. If you missed our earlier segment with Scott Rasmussen talking about can we really change the game on what these national conventions are? Uh, they're a little archaic right now. They're not really resonating and I think it's time for a real shift there in terms of what the focus is, what the messaging is, and uh, how we actually get to that. So uh, I want to get to a few of the, the great speeches over time uh, that really did, uh, that proved to be memorable over time. Again, most of them get forgotten before the day's done. Uh, but let's go back. Let's start with John F. Kennedy. Uh, he delivered a speech to the 1960 Democratic National Convention. Here's a taste. The new frontier of which I speak. It is not a set of promises. It is a set of challenges. It sums up not what I intend to offer to the American people, but what I intend to ask of them. So so really leading in uh, to a theme that really marked his presidency, that not this is not going to be about what I can offer them or deliver to them. It's going to be about what I ask of them. Everyone wants to be part of a story. Everybody wants to be part of something bigger than themselves. Uh, at the 1960 convention, John F. Kennedy did that. 
Uh, Ronald Reagan duplicated that in 1976. So this is not the convention that he won. Uh, but he had a very unique role. I actually got to speak uh, after the nomination had been uh, sewn up uh, by Gerald Ford. Uh, but here's a little taste of, uh, I think, where I, why a lot of people in 1976 on the Republican side started to think, yeah, maybe we chose the wrong guy this round. Uh, here's Ronald Reagan from 1976. And suddenly it dawned on me, those who would read this letter 100 years from now will know whether those missiles were fired. They will know whether we met our challenge, whether they have the freedoms that we have known up until now will depend on what we do here. Will they look back with appreciation and say, thank God for those people in 1976 who headed off that loss of freedom, who kept us now a hundred years later free, who kept our world from nuclear destruction. And if we failed, They probably won't get to read the letter at all because it spoke of individual freedom and they won't be allowed to talk of that or read of it. So, again, that's uh, 1976. uh, Great speech. Uh, Another one that's really fascinating to me and uh, may have launched a career faster than any. And that was, of course, the state senator from Illinois in 2004. 2004, here you have this state senator from Illinois uh, who stepped to the podium and uh, really delivered a speech for the ages, one in which he talked about there not being a uh, red America or a blue America, a black America or a white America, uh, just the United States of America. And, of course, four years later, that state senator from Illinois would return to the Democratic National Convention as their nominee in one Barack Obama. I'm not talking about blind optimism here. The almost willful ignorance that thinks unemployment will go away if we just don't think about it, or healthcare crisis will solve itself if we just ignore it. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about something more substantial. It's the hope of slaves sitting around a fire singing freedom songs. The hope of immigrants setting out for distant shores. The hope of a young naval lieutenant bravely patrolling the Mekong Delta, the hope of a mill worker's son who dares to defy the odds, the hope of a skinny kid with a funny name who believes that America has a place for him, too. Uh, again, that's uh, that is good stuff. Uh, if you're into uh, political speech, that was uh, really well done, incredibly well delivered. Uh, one of the most interesting things to me about Barack Obama's 2004, remember, this is 2004. Uh, he is a state senator from Illinois, uh, delivered a speech for the ages and did not call out the Republicans or George W. Bush once in the entire speech. So he talked about a set of principles. He talked about America as an idea and as a place and because of that, he he captured the imagination. He captured those uh, hearts and minds. And that was really the beginning of his movement that ultimately led to eight years in the White House. And again, you can disagree on the politics, but look at it from a, a, an, an oration standpoint. Uh, this was great oratory. And this was great uh, building of a movement around a set of principles. Uh, Utah has, a, a of course, a, a history at these conventions as well. Uh, one where I got to see the uh, behind the scenes a little bit uh, was back in uh, 2012. Of course, uh, Mitt Romney delivered the big acceptance speech that year. 
but there was also a small town mayor uh, who got a few moments on the stage. And uh, two years later, she would come back uh, as the uh, congresswoman representing the state of Utah, uh, former Saratoga Springs Mayor Mia Love. The American dream isn't just my story. It isn't just your story. It's our story. It's a story of human struggle, standing up and striving for more. Our story has been told for over 200 years with small steps and giant leaps. From a woman on a bus to a man with a dream, from the bravery of the greatest generation to the innovators and entrepreneurs of today, this is our story. This is our America. This is the America we know because we built it. And that was back from uh, 2012. Uh, Mia Love delivered a a speech for the day uh, that uh, really, again, captured a lot of imaginations, launched uh, her successful victory the following cycle. Uh, And again, there's just been so many speeches like that. Again, most people don't see them, don't hear them, don't hear about them. uh, But there are a few that have actually mattered and some that I think are important for us today. You know, most of what we hear over the next four days from the Democrats will kind of come and go. Uh, they're very scripted, more scripted than ever. Uh, it's always kind of the joke of, you know, wh- who's going to go off script at the convention uh, and cause the organizers and the nominee problems. Uh, that's not going to happen this year because almost everyone is pre-recording their speeches. So the the speeches will be flawless in terms of delivering what's on the teleprompter, uh, but there's not going to be a lot of energy behind it. But I want to end today with this thought because I think this is the most important thing that Democrats, Republicans, and all of us, this was Adelaide Stevenson in 1952. Adelaide Stevenson, 1952, he welcomed the delegates to Chicago uh, as the host governor, and he was an amazing speaker. But this line is what we should really be thinking about today. What counts now is not just what we're against, but what we are for. Who leads us is less important than what leads us. What convictions, what courage, what faith, win or lose. That's the key. I'm Boyd Matheson, opinion editor at the Deseret News. Thanks for joining us on Inside Sources. And as always, as you go out into the world today, make sure you see something that inspires, say something that uplifts, and do something that makes a difference. Two friends taking pictures of the rising full moon on a summer night. Two teenage kids doing what teenage kids do. When a stranger with a gun and a death wish changed everything. It was violent, it was senseless, and I will never understand it, I will never accept it. I'm Amy Donaldson, and unfortunately, we're all too familiar with stories about how violence shatters lives. But what we rarely see is how they are rebuilt. In a new podcast, The Letter, we relive tragedy, but only so we can hear the rest of the story. The struggle to reclaim lives, the realities of grief, and the possibilities forgiveness. I believe in miracles. Sometimes I thought, there are no miracles. Yeah, there are, and this is a big one. Follow the letter at theletterpodcast.com or wherever you get your podcasts.